that you've come on the show today to tell us about this process because we must tell these stories. We Hello everyone and welcome back to the Author and Artist Hour. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tony Lontis, and we're still hoping that my glorious co-host, Kez Wiggum St. George, will be joining us shortly. We have had a time swap over between the United States and the rest of the world, so that might be the issue this morning. But welcome back to the show, uh, your weekly author and artist hour we have another amazing author to introduce you to this morning but if you're listening live on linkedin facebook youtube twitch or twitter payo is ready and waiting in the background to send you links about anything that we talk about today and of course if you want to watch the show in replay jump on to our youtube channel simply tony lontis and you'll also find the replays on binge networks usa hero go tv usa and the tony tv channel app available on all roku lg and samsung smart tvs across the planet This show, of course, is all about highlighting the amazing work that artists and authors do, and today is no different. Before we get on the show, though, I'd like to do our normal welcome to country, and it goes a little bit like this. I want to respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugambar language region, that's Gold Coast, Australia, the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and broadcast, and pay my respects to the elders past and present and all Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Now, normally Kez is with us first up in the morning and she's an international best-selling author in her own right. She's also an author's mentor, artist, and she provides amazing video book reviews for any of you authors listening out there who want a book review. Uh, Kez does a wonderful job of that. Now, our guest today is the beautiful Kelly Van Nielsen, and Kelly is also a number one best-selling poet and author of six books. Originally from Newcastle-upon-Tyne, now living in Australia, her contemporary poems, short stories, and articles have featured in numerous international publications, and she is a prominent media figure, regularly appearing on radio and TV discussing current issues prevalent in society. Her poetic TEDx talk, titled Abandoned Superwoman on Kryptonite, attracted over 100,000 views and explores how to manage the competing priorities and convergence of work, family and creativity to live an authentic life. She is represented by the Newman Agency. Graffiti Lane, her powerful debut poetry collection, showcased on the London Book Fair and became an instant bestseller, raising awareness, and here comes Kez, and influencing change around bullying, domestic violence, mental health, and suicide. Her second poetry book, 
Punch and Judy is a number one bestseller shining the spotlight on turbulent love and domestic violence and her third bestseller, Retrospective, delves into the underbelly of urban life and the power of resilience. Her books are frequently gifted to television celebrities, music icons and Hollywood Oscar nominees and winners. She is also the author of Rolling in the Mud, a short story collection and her first fiction novel, The Pinstripe prisoner and it's due for publication in 2022 i'm going to ask kelly a little bit about that later kelly is a recipient of the ksp first edition fellowship as an oz mumpreneur big idea changing the world gold award winner for her creative use of the literary word as an anti-bullying advocate and a double raw success award winner for best book Graffiti Lane and Most Powerful Influencer. She is also a 2020 Telstra Businesswoman Award finalist and CEO of Magazine Managing Director of the Year finalist. What an incredible pleasure we have to have Kelly on the show. She's also a mum of two children, the wife of a soulmate of more than two decades and managing director on an executive board of a global organization. In her spare time, she has or doesn't have, which the case might be you can find her hanging out at an open mic performing her poetry in short she is a juggler one of her favorite quotes is from Maya Angelou and it is if you are always trying to be normal you will never know how amazing you can be and today we want to welcome Kelly to the show we are delighted to have you here today Kez, I'm so delighted to see you as well. We were a little worried about you, concerned about something drastic happening behind the scenes. So glad you can join us. I've done enough talking for the start of the show. If you're ready to take over, Kez, I'm going to let you answer. uh, Sorry, (laughs) let you answer. Let you ask our first question of the gorgeous Kelly Van Nielsen. Over to you, Kez. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. It's fantastic to be here. Uh, I bet it is. I'm going to enjoy this chat. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) You're looking well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm feeling relaxed. I am in a new part of Australia in the last week in uh, Adelaide, believe it or not, after a few years in Sydney. So I'm always on the move. So yeah, another new surroundings. (laughs) Mm. Do Do you travel a lot with your job? Lots. Yeah, pretty pretty much every week. Mm. It's oh, wow. back again now since since sort of COVID is not easing, but we are learning to live in the new, you know, in the new world. But um, yeah, mm. traveling lots. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I used to travel with my husband on his job and I adored it. You never yeah. knew when he was going to come home and say, take a case for her off. It was just so exciting. I loved it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 All those airline flights, you can, you can use them for writing windows. That's yeah. the way I look at it. You can yeah. turn yourself yeah. offline and no one worries. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you immigrated from another journey and you immigrated mm. from the UK to Australia. How long ago, Kelly? Uh, when I was 18, I left Newcastle upon Tyne and I started moving around. Then I got a, I got a one-way ticket to London and then uh, did a few years in London. Then I was Cape Town for a few years, Edinburgh for a few years. Perth, as you know, um, cares on the ground in WA for yes. um, eight or so years, Sydney for three years, and now Adelaide. So I wow. have always been on the move, lived on three continents, and 
I quite enjoy that. I, it, you know, I, it's diversity of life and experience mm. and mm. gives you lots of writing material, put it that way. Yes. So I, I yes. always take the opportunity and um, so do the family. I'm pretty lucky like that. The family enjoy um, adventure yeah. as well. So, yeah. yeah as I, I see now, that pleasure with children. My, my yeah. children were all married and left home when I started to travel. And I don't know whether it was easier or not. I have no idea. You know, I didn't really figure that one out. But anyway, yeah. back to you. Um, <laughs> did you find that, were you, did you become homesick for home? Um, I would say no, believe it or not. So not homesick, uh, as in um, wanting to go back or anything. I intentionally left. It was really challenging as a child at home, mm. quite a broken mm. family and uh, also incredibly challenging at school. And I, I wanted to get out Mm-hmm. Um, and make it sort of carve a different pathway and create different opportunities that were not sort of what were necessarily the mm. status quo of staying there. So I did want to leave and I've not wanted to return. But um, so I would say not so much homesickness, but I have a deep love for urban life, which comes from being raised on a, you know, in a working class background, mm-hmm. council estate, underprivileged you know, upbringing. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I, I have a real eye for um, urban living and for um you know, sort of um, the, the beauty of urban life, I guess. And that comes mm. a lot into the writing, especially around socioeconomics as well. I write a lot about mm. socioeconomics. Um, so it's less homesick. It's more that it deeply influences how I think, what I do, um, yeah. you know, the DNA that you bring forward with you in life. And that shapes you more that than actual homesickness. I, I don't know if I'd ever want to return to live in Newcastle. Um, I do go yeah. back, so I've got family there, but I wouldn't want to move back. Of course, of course. Yeah. So you would say that um, helped generate your poetry the way you felt about, because, mm. I mean, obviously where you lived, and we have talked privately, so where you lived, it was um, it was domestic, a lot of domestic violence, burglary, um, violence throughout the community, and it's come out in your poetry, hasn't it? Yeah. It definitely yeah. has. Um, yeah, that upbringing, I lived in one of the, um, the area that I lived in, it was in the 5% lowest sort of areas in the UK for, de- for de- mm. de- depravity, I guess, or, mm. um, l- you know, unemployment issues, low income um, families. And yeah, it was, um, it was pretty turbulent. All of those things you mentioned, you know, as well, and um, substance abuse and crime on the streets. Yes. And, yeah. you, you know, you learn to be super tough. I, I learned resilience at, a, at an incredibly young age. And I, I think it's mm-hmm. my superpower, actually, this deep, uh, um, you know, resilience that's foundational from childhood. You just mm-hmm. learn to, you know, navigate mm-hmm. um, those backgrounds and it's what your environment you is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely it influences my writing. And I, I have a, a real purpose for trying to um, help youths, especially um, often girls in high schools mm. and things um, who are either um, troubled, um, at-risk youths um, or youth struggling to overcome, you know, um, obstacles mm. on finding their confidence, embracing their passions and finding ways to navigate and, you know, um, find pathways that are tangible to achieving their dreams. So a lot mm. of what I do, um, it stems from childhood, but uh, um, it's a purpose that I now have in the writing that I uh, bring mm. to the table, I think. Mm. It comes out in your poetry. Tony. Kelly, in talking about um, upbringing and childhood, uh, childhood has such a capacity to shape the way that we think about the world until a point in time where we're able to 
walk through some of the trauma and and stuff that's involved from childhood and I actually think that humanity has a capacity to change some of these big issues so I'm talking about bullying and domestic violence and some of that is just around education just Mm. saying there's a different way of doing things because for most of what you're describing, that's generational um, trauma. It's a generation of living and not knowing any better. So they don't. There's no capacity unless mm. they're taken out of that virus environment, mm. or additional education is introduced into that environment that causes them to think outside themselves. So. It, and, and that's that's not a criticism, but we could solve that by starting at that point and making sure children are aware that this is not actually normal, that it is abnormal, and here's what you do to manage it, here's what you can do to help yourself get out of that trauma and generational cycle. Did you find that you had to do that too, Kelly? Yeah, definitely. I think you're 100% right there, Tony. I think uh, the backgrounds that we have, you carry a lot of that into your adulthood. Um, and that's that's the reality for everyone. We come with a bias mm. that's ingrained from, you know, your upbringing and recognizing what those things are and what you, uh, you know, what is and isn't uh, right to challenge in your own thinking and in, in the thinking of others is really important. So mm. for me, you know, I, I, I have a lot of hang ups from childhood and I, the poetry yeah. started with healing, you know, some, healing some of those things and finding ways to channel that energy into writing. And mm. it started off as a self, you know, internal process coming out onto the page. Definitely. Yeah. And then gradually mm-hmm. I started to use it to influence others and your one voice gets a broader spectrum and an audience and gets some ripple effect and mm-hmm. amplification. And now I use that at grassroots level to really try and engage with youths and, and um, you know, kids at a young age, as you mm-hmm. say, to try and influence mm-hmm. there and then hopefully reshape the thinking patterns for the future. Um, mm-hmm. I love that space. I, lo- I love uh, yeah. what writing can Kelly, do to help youths. Yeah. Do you remember the first conscious moment where it occurred to you that your childhood and the way that um, you'd grown up was dysfunctional? And the reason I ask is because it took me until my 40s or 50s to recognize the dysfunctional elements of family life. And so I'm I'm always curious when that happens for others. Kez and I have had similar conversations, but when mm. did it happen for you? Yeah, I think probably twofold. The very first time I really recognized I wanted something else. I oh. didn't I didn't want to that to be my limitations of life. Um, yeah. and accept that that was my future status quo. I was probably about 13. I I yes. stated outwardly I wanted to be a writer. I I developed aspirations to leave um, to home. I, I actually um, left school at 16 and, and you yeah. know, 90 pounds in my pocket, got a one-way ticket to London. I'm very, very young. Wow. So wow. I knew early I wanted something else. And if I stayed at home and in that environment, it was not probably going to be a great pathway. Um, but I was only probably in my 30s that I deeply recognized I had carried a lot of unhealthy traits, yeah. a lot of baggage, a lot of That's internalized um, issues, mm. yeah, and and I realised and started to address some of those things personally, in a different yeah. way. So yeah, two 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 different scenarios, I would mm. say. Mm. Yeah, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of your your writing. As I've read it, I can actually it's very powerful. It's, it's very demanding. I found mm. your 
um, drew me in. I could I could feel your emotion. I mean, almost from the same background as you, but I'm a lot older. So it was even it was it was what it was. It was accepted where I came from in, in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and I found your words drawing me in. And literally, I was going, yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. But it was like, you, know, you were like cheering, cheering on the woman of my age group that have been through this, mm-hmm. and thought, where do we go from here? Because you know, if you you don't, suddenly don't have that light bulb moment as a younger person, you do get um, you get swallowed, mm-hmm. and and you become the 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 wife, the mother. Uh, you're also a, a daughter, a sister, an auntie, a grandchild, but you get swathered into that life. And, and I, I see it still going on around me. So I actually advise people to read some of your poetry. So it enlightens them and it makes them think, I don't have to be like this. I can do mm. something different. You know, what yeah. your poetry does is it, yeah, it made my heart beat a little faster. And I don't mean in a romantic way. What I think <laughs> Very powerful. You know, your, yeah. uh, yes. your words made me think I'm also a different person now mm. to when I left home at 17 and um, wandered around with my hands in my pocket thinking, what do I want to do now? You know, yeah. so um, I found your, your words at home. Mm, yeah I think that's the beauty of um, writing I definitely don't sugarcoat my words I write raw and gritty with uh, no filter at all I I call it as it is but one of the things I always try and do is um, as as you say because try and showcase that you have the power completely within yourself to make choices no matter what your um, obstacles are whether it be you know whatever the upbringing is it's still within yourself to make some calls and some, take some risks yes. and um, make some decisions for yourself and that's where the fork in life comes um, you know from childhood to adulthood of you know what what you know some things you can't control in childhood but when you get to become an adult you can mm-hmm. so I try and show yeah there are different pathways and completely it's in your control to shape your destiny that's I'm right. a big believer you create your own luck and you can achieve that's your dreams you know if you take um, small steps and have you know, um, ways to get to the big dream and go for it. And, um, I, yeah, I'm a real positive thinker and I, and I try and right. definitely get that momentum with uh, the writing to help others to see. Um, I also you know, say that in some, of your, in some of your poetry, it's not just about home life, is it? It's about mm. work, workplace bullying. Yeah. I've read that yeah. two or three of your poems. It's definitely in. So you, you broach the whole panoramic view of bullying, not just in the home but in the workplace. And there was, I actually forget the name of the poem, but it actually brought back to me that we can actually bully ourselves, which I found very yeah. interesting. You know, yeah. we literally yeah. go into a place where we think, I am not good enough. <laughs> and I guess, yeah. you know, I guess when, you know, as, as you've done, we, we've all travelled that footpath and thought, why, why are we beating up on ourselves? And your poetry addresses that. Mm, yeah I mean I've worked 27 years in the corporate life full-time in the day yeah. and I, I, I write into the you know early hours in, in the different sort of sphere but um, in business 
one of the things I see enormously is that we um, are prone to holding our own selves back. We get in our own way. We've got our own hang-ups and we carry all of these sort of concerns around the, and, and I've got it. It's, you know, the old imposter syndrome. Um, mm. Am I good enough? And, you know, do I deserve this seat? And do I have the skills for this? And actually, I think we clip our own wings um, in the most okay. part more than mm. other people clip, you know, you know, hold us mm. back. So I coach especially women in leadership on this around how do you learn to, um, only you can spread your wings and fly is a phrase I use a lot in coaching yeah. to say you can spread your wings and soar. You can clip your own wings and hold yourself back. So look internally at yourself and be mindful about your own um, your own reservations and, and um, walls that you're building because in the most part, it's inside your own um, thinking and frame oh. and you've got oh. the power to change it. So it starts there. Um, yeah, yeah, I do write about it a lot and I do write about the, and I've seen that, you know, some of the negativity um, uh, side of things in corporate life as well. It's not always perfect and calling out behavior and speaking out in the corporate mm. world. It can be hard, um, but it's needed. So, yeah, I, yes, I do write is. about that too. Yeah, you're the right um, person. Staying on that subject, Kelly, um, I'm just, I'm reminded of my own incidents of, of bullying in corporate life and how difficult that was to mm. navigate and um and I'm wondering from your perspective firstly do you think that we're getting more awareness and that it might just actually be happening less and that we feel like we can call it out and um and then on the other side of that I just I read uh, in the early hours of this morning about the fact that Grace Tame has recently been hospitalised because of the trolling and the bullying that she's receiving online. So two components to that. Mm. I'm hoping that the corporate and what you see in corporate life is changing, but then we need to step up and do further in the online life because wonderful women who are courageous enough to step up and take a public um, persona and a public stance on certain are still copying vitriol. That is not okay. So mm. can you share with us some of your thoughts mm. around that, Kelly? Because I know it's a, a, a passion of yours. Yeah, if I um, look at the business world, I think when we haven't matured to the point that we have um, stamped out um, bad yeah. behavior and inappropriate behavior, um, whether it be bullying or sexual harassment or, yeah. you know, just inappropriate behavior in the workplace. I don't think we've stamped it out. I think what we have done is built up momentum around um, mm -hmm. speaking out more around what is mm -hmm. and isn't acceptable. And corporations now are finding more um, social responsibility is needed mm -hmm. if they're going Good. to attract and retain a workforce and workers Good. are not going to stand for it as much mm -hmm. um, in, the, in, you know, in the wider domain. So I think we're in this sort of period now over the last couple of years, actually, there's been yeah. real momentum around different movements. Um, so I think now there's more activity around speaking out about what is an okay um, work environment? What's a safe environment? What is not acceptable moving forward? Mm. And the more that that's a journey, I, I don't think it's an overnight sensation. It's still happening. I've yeah. seen it happen. And I'm sure, you know, what you say, you mentioned yes. about grace. Yes. Um, there's often no winners when you do speak up, but it's important that we do if we're going to change the, um, you know, the, yeah. the, the future for the next generation. There's some work yeah. to be done. So we're, we're in this better window. We're addressing yes. things more, but have we um, stamped it out the behaviour? I don't yet. believe so yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kez? I found when I was working on the corporate world myself that going home was my, my rock place. Um, and I've got a lovely man and I have a lovely family. They've all left home now. I, still, I guess they're still a lovely family, but they were living at home with me then. <laughs> and I found that um, their empathy 
for my situation because I was I was teaching the unemployed and homeless, which was the hardest job I found. It broke my heart. It just broke me in two, knowing that I had a, a nice home, healthy kids, lovely family, uh, great husband, and they were going home to either a beating, um, alcoholic abuse. It didn't matter what sort of abuse you could call it. They went home to it. It really just it shattered me. And after two years, I had to leave. Um, I couldn't take it anymore because I I just knew it was prevalent out there in the in the big cities. It wasn't so much in suburbia, but right inside the cities. And I found that um, home was my my rock to hide behind. How do you find when when you leave? And I know you've got two beautiful boys. So first of all, are they creative like mum? And how do you feel when you know that you are going home? You can put it all, leave it all behind and just go home. Yeah, um, I absolutely keep my family time as sacred as I can. And I'm getting better at that over the last few years, actually, at carving it out and being brutal with my um, time and diary and um, more selective about what I can and can't attend to carve out sacred time, quality time with them where I can be present and, uh, you know, spend spend. Um, the important time rebonding as a family, especially when you travel a lot and, um, you know, we're, mm. a, we're a crazy busy family. Um, so I value the time and I try and really make the most of the time that I do have with them. Um, definitely getting prescriptive on the diary front. It's it's amazing. Time management is in- incredibly important. Um, my kids are, um, where, where my son, uh, my oldest son, He's uh, studying a double major in film and in uh, English. He's had work published as well, writing, and uh, he writes a lot around dystopian life and also society, creating his own sort of um, spotlight on change. And, uh, yeah, he has a lot of deep values around you know, society and what's right mm. and wrong. Um, so, and he and he films a lot of my poetry and turns it into short movies. And we do lots of fringe and festivals yeah. together. And so he's uh, he, he's on his own path, and he, he's more talented That's than me. He's, a, he's he's got he's got a, hopefully a really bright future. Um, mm. My uh, my second um, younger uh, youngest is uh, a girl. She's um, turning oh, seventeen sorry. this year. She's um, she's not so creative. She she's an academic uh, whiz. She's Australia's and she wants to be a medical scientist um, uh, or something to do with medical science. So she's in the STEM space and uh, embracing a different type of career. But um, they're both really good, really amazing. My biggest critics, they read everything that I do before yes. anyone else. Yeah. And they, um, my, my daughter loves, re- Kez, you might have seen this, with every book I create a new image. Um, yes. So I have a lot of fun with um, creating this um look that's in line with the books the last book was called retrospective and it was in the 80s and i was doing all these 80s looks in the in the book promo stuff and having loads of fun my (laughs) my daughter works with me on that and and she is behind probably getting you know helped me obtain this really amazing youth following that is um you know in in the different um spheres of social media that i would never have um you know i would have never have got Mm. that following uh without without the kids help so yeah. yeah, she got she got me into the social media space in a good way. Mm. Oh, fabulous! That, that's wonderful. It's nice to know that you know family are involved. I mean, I have a daughter that reads my work, and I cringe. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few issues, Mum, and I was like, "Oh no!" But she's my harshest yeah. critic. Credit. My husband says, my husband just is very nice, um, but my my yeah, daughter, yeah. she just about you know she I can feel her tearing strips off me as. Well. As we talk yeah. about the book, so I do yeah, my, understand. 
Yeah, Kez, my husband has read not, probably he hasn't even read a single piece of my work. He's listened to a couple of, um, if I've done a slam poem, he doesn't read anything. I, don't, I could be writing anything about him. He wouldn't have the foggiest idea. He's, he's, not on, he's also not on social media. So every now and then he goes, oh, I'm going to Google mom. And then he'll go, oh, okay. So she, she was on TV the other day. He wouldn't even know, um, which is beautiful. He keeps me very grounded. Um, yes. He doesn't, he doesn't yes. have a care about this stuff at all. Yes. Um, but he's also supportive if I say, hey, I'm disappearing to Wales for a week on a writer's retreat. Oh, okay, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Put it in the diary and make sure he's available yeah. with the kids. But yeah. um, So Very he's generous, super yeah. supportive, but he doesn't read any of my work. It's it's a weird <laughs> – but, um, yeah, such is life. I have yeah. a husband the same. He is on no social media platforms, has no knowledge or understanding about social media whatsoever, never wants to have any sort of social media stuff at all. So – and mm. that does the same thing for me, Kelly. Not that I'm likely to, to ever think more of myself than I am, but he does keep me balanced and does mm, bring grounded. that balance mm. uh, and grounding mm. to me mm. as well, which is a good balance when you're in this space, uh, this public mm. space, and speaking yeah. about such um, at times controversial um, issues. I know one of your other platforms is around mental health, and of course mm. mental health and its management is a passion of mine because I left the management of my own mental health until I had a major breakdown and almost, you know, lost myself effectively. So the fact that we're actually having this conversation now and the ability to have these conversations openly and, and authentically about mental health, its issues, the way that you balance, et cetera, et cetera, and helping young people in particular understand, um, this is that quiet voice in your mind that says you're not good enough. It's actually not telling you the truth and it's just a thought and you have the power to change that. You have the power to swap that around. And, oh, gosh, I wish that I'd had that information as a 15-year-old. Um, and then as, a, you know, a nurse, nursing was the, the point where I decided that I was never going to allow anyone to know that I had a mental health struggle and was likely to have a mental health diagnosis. I was never talk about it I would never acknowledge it but we find ourselves in this space and day and age where we can talk about it a little Mm. bit better and with a little bit more authenticity and it's so important that we talk to the young people about this so they don't get to our age and have had such a struggle Kelly Mm. what's your experience in the mental health space as well yeah, definitely. I think life's pressures. If you look at today's environment, it's it's we've always had life's pressures, but today there's different it's ones. You know, we've incredibly. got again wars going on. We've got mm, pandemic. Yes. We've got different scenarios. So what that creates is uncertainty, and it creates different pressures at home, at work, um, sometimes without work. Actually, when it's yes. you know, um, impacting there. So. It's back to the, um, if I could go back and talk to my sort of 13-year-old self or something, I would be saying, um, you know, really be kind to yourself and look after yourself first because, Mm. you know, you're you're always watching everyone else's, everyone else's Mm. pressures are building up and they're really Mm. visible now more than ever on social media and in different platforms. But I think if you can try and carve out more time for yourself to cut yourself some slack, Mm -hmm. um, know that you've got, um, you know, those strengths to um, leverage and not to worry about the weaknesses, not to try Mm -hmm. and worry about the whole big picture. 
um, and focus on the positives. You know, you know, I think it's it's channeling the energy. You can get caught up in too much negative stuff exactly. and not think about the positives. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I was probably, I think, 16 where I made the decision. I'm going to pull myself out of some of these circles because I'm spiraling yeah. and it's, it's not healthy. And I was going into a bad place. Um, so it was quite conscious at 16, say, I need to move wow. out of this and you know, environment mm. and circle. And that's what I did. But mm. not everyone can necessarily firstly see it mm. and then have the courage to kind of take the steps. Right. So help, helping people to just unpick negativity versus positive mm. thinking mm. is probably the first step. But yeah, it's really tough out there. I think um, yeah. it's a tough yes. environment. So we've got to celebrate the, celebrate the good things in life more and be Definitely. more, you know, gra- celebrate gratitude, enjoy where we can. And mm. Kelly, that, that, whole idea around um self-love another piece of work that would have been invaluable to even know and understand in my late teens to understand that humans are unique and that you need to love yourself first mm. before you can give to everyone else and 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 again it was decades before I figured that out and figured out that you need to put boundaries. It's okay to protect yourself first. It's okay to have boundaries right. around mm-hmm. your time, your energy, your space, and what you need to survive as a human. Because the unique human that you are, you've been given things that you can cope with and, and, and can't cope with. And part of that is figuring that out. And if we were to have those conversations earlier in life, at the beginning of the teenage years, 12, 13 even, to say, you know, this is what you'll experience. This is this is what will happen. This is actually normal. This is part of. But you have control. You can mm. you can um, uh, do things in a different way. You can take yourself out of stressful situations. You can remove yourself from a group of friends that might not be going in a direction that you like. And I'm really glad that we're having those conversations mm. now. Um, and I hope that we continue to have them throughout the rest of the decades that are to come. Kelly, do you see, so you have young people in in your life. Do you think they're much more open to talking about mental health and the different mental health diagnoses and what they look like? Do you think that they're more comfortable in that space? Yeah, I definitely think there's more conversation going on and more support mechanisms, for example, in schools and in uh, mm-hmm. different networks now. Um, that's probably m- more widely available than when we were we were young. And that's a good thing. And kids are being encouraged to, to speak out more, not just on an Are You OK Day, but, but ongoing. Um, and I also mm-hmm. think kids are building different kinds of uh, value sets. You know, they're speaking up yes. more about, um, you know, yes. about Earth and about the planet, and about climate yeah. and about right and wrong and learning their own set of values and actually being more vocal about them. Um, again, um, that's more prevalent because social media builds up momentum in that mm. space, too. But um, I definitely think conversations are becoming bigger, more global. We live in a more global mm. world now. So, mm. you know, what was your conversation as, as when I was young? It was only in your circle. You never, yes. um, you know, expanded out of your circle. Now your circle is global. You've got, glo- mm. you know, global networks. Mm. So I think that that's getting momentum now mm. around, um, you know, big topics that matter to individuals. Yeah. Um, I love what you said about uniqueness as well. Um, it's another one that I speak about a lot. I write about a mm. lot around not conforming mm. to the norm, mm. um, yes. you know, and actually we're unique for a reason. And I spent half my childhood and trying to, gift. you know, fit in. It's a gift and we it have unique gift. gifts. So learning what your gifts are and allowing mm. yourself like, the, um, 
you know, the time to invest in yourself. Mm. Um, you can do it with humility and you can balance it with caring for others. Um, but like encouraging people to invest in themselves and embrace uniqueness is, um, is a big one for youths. Mm. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Because if they grasp that concept as they start to grow and mature in that adolescence phase, imagine, imagine what we can accomplish as humanity if we have these young people that are engaged and understand their own boundaries, their own uniqueness, um, how to look after themselves, how to deal with bullying and imagine what humanity will be like in the future if that's fundamental learning in that space and happens for all teenagers across the planet. That's a wonderful world to look forward Mm. to, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think we're definitely getting better over time. Um, It's a perfect no, but we're getting better and recognizing more and more, um, you know, where we can make a difference and do things a little Mm -hmm. bit better. Mm. Sorry, I was just going to say that the thing is that uh, things like bullying and um, abuse, they can take away a human being's uniqueness and cause you to doubt why you're here on this planet. And Um, we don't want that to happen because mm. within that cohort of young people are amazing discoveries from Um, medicine to tech to writing to creativity and you don't want to stop those young people from developing to mm. their full potential because it's about potential of the next generation and what they'll do and create and have and be and and it that's phenomenal isn't it yeah, sorry it i'm talking too yeah. much today <laughs> it's, good. it's a good conversation mm. yeah i think i think i'm in uh, in a better position than both you and that is i have grandchildren yeah. and my grandchildren are well the youngest is um in his 20s and talking to them and talk and remembering how I related to my grandparents, totally different, absolutely yes. different. Mm. My grandparents, all they wanted was I grew up to be a good girl. Mm-hmm. That's all they wanted. Yes. I was going to be a good girl. Talking to my grandchildren, it's like, what are you going to do with your life? You can do this, this, and this. Where my grandson, my youngest one, said to me, I'll go live on Mars with Elon Musk. And I went, what? But this, yeah. So different conversations, but also what the woman like yourself, Kelly, and like Tony and myself, we're all doing is we're raising the bar so the children can realize they can do this. Mm-hmm. They can do anything they want. You can be anything you want. You know, it was from remembering that I was in this little hub of a very large Irish family, um, Irish Jewish family. And all they wanted was me to be a very good little girl to having that conversation with my son is that he wanted to help colonise Mars. Um, If I'd have said that to my grandparents, they would have fallen (laughs) off their chairs. They would have gone, where's your brain? But um, I agreed with him. I said, Mm -hmm. well, Sam, you know, I agree with you. I would love to be there. He says, you'll make it, Nana. And I went, mm. I don't know about that. It's quite a way off. It's 40, 50 years off, but I think you'll do it. Or maybe my great-grandchildren will do it. Mm. Again, the whole conversation, Kelly, mm. um, it dived into the fact that um, he does have a mental health issue. He's been badly bullied. 
badly, mm-hmm. badly, badly bullied because uh, he came from a, a single mum family. Even though he had my hubby and I to come to after school and mm-hmm. look after him, it was a stigma in his school. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just seeing that change in him, that now he has left the school, he is employed, he has got a career, and that's his outlook. I want to go live with him. You know, I thought, wow, all, all the... All our uh, family training sort of went out the window. He's trained himself not to be bullied, not to mm. listen to the nonsense that goes on in the world. And you're part of that workload that goes into his mind. So well done. He's mm. um, He hasn't read your books, but mm. you're part of a you – mm. your generation is, is leading them to, to say, you don't have to do this. Whereas my generation thought, oh, well, I'll just sit here and get bullied. Hmm. Yeah, it's true. That was the yeah. same when I was a kid, exactly, because you just yeah. you didn't have anyone to talk to or share. In fact, no. if you did, it would be 50 times worse. So that was not That's an avenue right. that you would have taken. So you learned mm-hmm. coping mechanisms, yeah. your own self, yeah. and whatever they were were what you built your own self. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think um, definitely changing um, awareness mm-hmm. is a big, a big step. And I think this mm-hmm. generation, as you say, we've done that for the future. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the conversation with Grant's, Grand, grandkids or, or my grandparents it was a bit like you it was what's right and wrong don't steal don't 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 do yeah. crime and um yeah be a good yeah. girl as well um mm, just be good yeah yeah and get married and have many children <laughs> that was it yeah that's right yeah <laughs> now, yeah it's so different these days they're so married <laughs> and, and it's all for the good it is all for the yeah. good but it's woman standing up and trying to get through that you know the, as we call it the glass ceiling mm. and, that we're, yeah. we're training our young ones. Exactly. I just think, it's, yeah. I, I think, you know, I just I look back and I think, wow, how people of the younger age don't see it, but I do. I actually mm. see the difference. There is help out there. If you have a ment- mental health issue, there is definitely help out there. Abuse and violence is no place in a family home. Mm. There is help out there. And this is where I find your poetry goes. It excites me. It excites me to read that your poetry is actually in uh, the words are couched, they're hidden, but mm. don't put up with it. Don't stand yeah. there and put up with it. Get out exactly. of there. And that's what I love about your poetry. Yeah, I definitely try and show there are other pathways yes. that you yeah. can take to yeah, try yeah. and get yourself out of a situation and build up mm. courage if you are in a situation and you can't leave. How do you find coping mechanisms and all those things? So trying to empower, right. em- empower people that's to, right. again, make your decisions and um, uh, and own them and not feel things are being done to you that you have to take. Yeah. Mm. Kelly, I want to go back to that whole concept of, of superwoman um, <laughs> in that, you know, your books are on global platforms. You're a podcaster, a mum of two, you work full time. Um, and I know exactly how hard it is to juggle all of those things. How do you do it? Mm. Yeah, again, uh, probably for many years, I, I was a huge insomniac until probably I would say three ah, years ago, two or three, a huge okay. sort of I would sleep three or four hours a night on many, many nights. And um, that's not really sustainable. It's not a great lifelong plan. Um, I made a conscious and I was li- I was doing that because I was living, I would say, three different lives. I had the corporate world, um, which was mm-hmm. a long day. It wasn't a, you know, yes. a, a nine till five yes. by any means. Um 
and then I had the creative world and I was sort of writing every day. It's like breathing. I want to sit down and write something before bed or whatever that might be. And then I, I have the family, a husband who, uh, you know, flies in and out for work as well and two kids and whatever. So I was I was juggling these three lives and they weren't really intertwined. Yeah. I was intentionally keeping the corporate side separate from my um, creative side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got coached on it in business. I was really lucky. I had a business coach and also my publisher helped me a bit with this. And mm-hmm. I started to break down those self-created silo worlds and become one whole authentic self to say I'm a writer I'm a mom and I'm a corporate businesswoman and I'm the same one whole person so I started bringing my kids into work I started speaking about my writing publicly which was really uncomfortable um, for a while around here I'm also a slam poet and you know I'm I'm also you know I'm in these political circles and business circles Mm. yet you know in my spare time I'm out of Bankstown on the doing activist slam poetry Um, so I started um coming out of my shell a bit more around the whole self um Mm. and that actually created believe it or not more time efficiency because um I was able Ah. to just do more I could start talking about writing at work I could talk about the same topics in this in the different circles and I embraced what that felt like about just being your your true whole or or authentic self and bringing that to the table and not uh, you know um breaking down these sort of siloed um different worlds mm. um so it was conscious i was coached on it actually but um I, it's where the uh, ted talk comes from uh, abandoned superwoman yeah. on krypton i was trying to be superwoman yeah. in these three different mm. worlds and now um, i'm one person and i embrace the flaws no one's perfect yeah. and we shouldn't try to be and um i, I uh, feel that i'm in a um in a better place for it. It's not so overwhelming. I have more wellness balance. I'm fitter, healthier mentally, physically. Mm. And uh, yeah, I feel that I'm being a lot more true to myself than I was until that point. But but it was really conscious. I knew I was living these three crazy lives and all of them having yeah. their own respective demands and it was not sustainable. I sleep better now as well. Like the whole wellness thing got better ah. when I said, I'm going to stop being these three different people and I'm just going to be one and people will like it or leave it. And um yeah, I got to a different place. Ah. So before you were sleeping like three hours a night, now how much do you sleep? Yeah, I'm probably six, sometimes seven actually. I'm yeah, um, yeah. pretty much six, yeah. which is I think yeah. is healthy. Good. Yeah, seven, not not usually more than seven. That would be a mm. marathon, but um, yeah, <laughs> not, not like I was before. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I feel honestly so much wellness now of this uh, in sync with myself a lot more. Um and a bit kinder to myself, all those things we we sort of talked about earlier around Mm -hmm. wellness and around, yeah, putting my time onto the right things and not trying to, I was trying to do everything for everyone. It's Mm. the superwoman thing. Someone I was asking for something, yes, I'll attend. Um, I was sometimes doing five events in a day. Kez Kez will know this. I was attending all these online events and live events and I was being booked in for everything. And I was eventually stop, um, you know, again, who are you trying trying to yeah, yeah, just, yeah wow. it's, um, it lot. was a bit conscious. It was a lot, yeah, on top of the day mm. job and everything. So yeah. now I'm, um, yeah, I, I invest more time with the family and with the wellness piece mm. and balance it and, and, and mm. don't give myself too hard a time about it. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, very conscious. I was very conscious so what about would be it. your wellness wellness program, Kelly? Would it be mm. um, like diet, exercise and, and self-love? I definitely don't diet. Um, I, I love food and I love wine, so never, never going to be. A, I'm, and, and I've never once tried a fad diet. I just don't see the appeal in sort of the starving myself for three days and then no, binging. I mean, I mean good food. 
Good yeah, food. good good food. I, I uh, my, my it's kind of a regime now. I uh, walk every morning. Um, if I'm in Sydney with the family with the dog, if I'm uh, here in Adelaide, I get up and walk early before work, and um, that sets the day off well. And I feel I've got some mm. fresh air and exercise. Um, I try and do corporate one to ones. If I'm having a one to one meeting, walking, oh. and I encourage the team say, "Hey, are you okay if I walk? If there's a bit of background noise, no one cares. People welcome it, and it it, it encourages." Um, balance in uh, the workplace yeah. so um, especially when we're on screen a lot so I've yes, brought that in in yes, the last year or two um, I cut out a lot of the carb um, binging that I was doing at night because I wasn't sleeping uh, late mm. and now yeah if I do snack late at night then that's a bit healthier for sure mm. um, and, and I very carefully over a period of time adjusted and introduced more more sleep but in mm. the large part um and then the other thing i've done this is a real uh, a different one so i now use the voice recording app on my phone to record poetry to myself i look like shirley valentine talking to myself oh. but actually i record as i'm walking <laughs> yes. so there's a you know there's a one so i'm going for my morning walk and i'm talking to myself on the phone generally mm. recording snippet lines of like one liners yes. that i can morph yes. into a poem Yes. Instead of sitting down for three hours and trying to carve out some um, creative work, Kesley so and yeah, I had like that different same things. conversation last week with yeah. um, yeah, with our little little recorders because yeah. busy women, you've got to do mm. things on the run. My, my husband hates yeah. the word multitasking, but these <laughs> women are actually built to multitask That's right. somewhat. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's kind of normal for us. And so I've taken to saying to him, well, I know you can't multicast, but I can do this, 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 because mm. that's the way I am. And I appreciate mm. that you can't and you only need to do, you have to do one thing at a time and I can only tell you one thing at a time because you won't take it in. Um, mm. And recognising that has actually helped me juggle a bit better, um, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. I, I love now walking the dog and having a corporate conversation with yeah. the boss or whatever. And, and yeah, people, people, people adapt here and, and, and yes. yeah, this is the new, this is the new hybrid living. We live, you know, a world and of, of blending and technology good. and it's, it's a good, good thing. Yeah. There's some yeah. good things that are coming out of this new way of working. And yeah. yeah. So I've definitely adjusted my, my walk, my daily walk is sacred. It's another thing like uh-huh. the family time that I do have. It's good. a sacred uh-huh. one. I'm trying to, I try to protect it and say, I have to have a walk otherwise mm. I feel pent up um mm-hmm. a pent up day you know kind of there so um and I'm and that's a recognition thing as well if I've had a really big day how do I let off steam before I try and go to bed otherwise yeah. I'm gonna have an insomniac night so yeah I try and do yeah. something to, to 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 break it up a bit yeah, yeah. yeah. wellness yeah <laughs> so Tony sorry Tony Kelly <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it right. <laughs> um, That's awesome. <laughs> the next book, Kelly. Mm. When's, the ne- when's the next book coming? Now, how many have you got out now? Uh, six published and this will be book seven so it's coming it's a novel so it's my first six (gasps) other books have been poetry Mm. and uh, short story fiction this is Mm. my first uh, full-length novel it's Mm. called the pinstripe prisoner and um, it was yeah thank you yeah it's a uh, this has been a work in progress forever it's um it's been many years in the making from when I lived in uh, Cape Town and I actually yeah. got um, taken into a prison as part of research and it stemmed around prison re- reform and wow. um, 
trying to also bring um, different perspectives onto yeah. why people might end up in prison and it's not just yes. because you're a bad person correct um, and it's about men- mental health so it's around mm. you know it, it, um, it's a bit of a um, coming of age story around an incident that um, lands somebody in a tricky situation and then the spiraling that then occurs and the mental health mm-hmm. impact that that causes mm. um Yes, yeah, set in Edinburgh where I lived for many years. Set in Cape Town oh, where I lived for, God, for I many love years. Edinburgh, oh, yeah, beautiful, a, beautiful it's setting. It's a great so, writing city, isn't it, Kelly? Like, it is. Yeah, just... the shadows of the castle and all that come into yes. play a lot, and and you know the synergies with um, some mental health concerns. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna love. You're both Island. going to Love Island. You're both going. <laughs> gonna love it. Oh, so, yeah. oh, so, oh yeah. that's exciting. Oh, yeah. That's living really the <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is one of the ones the husband support. He's got, you're, I'm, I said I'm off to Ireland for a writer's retreat this year. I did Wales a couple of years ago. He went, okay, yeah, see so, yeah. <laughs> Nice, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Talking about using a dictaphone, I was I had to wait um, a couple of hours for my husband yesterday, and I was sitting inside this this building. It was very very bare, so I started recording one of my new books. Mm. And the looks I got was so I just you know I would smile and nod but they were people were looking and I thought you know I really I really had to stop this this mm. feeling of I'm not going to do this in public because it was it was I was bored so I was just yep. sitting yes. and it was building up inside me so I started using my phone. Mm. Oh dear. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I tried this app as well on the same thing, different from the voice recording. I um, Well, I, I tried an app which you can record your um, vocal and then yes. it converts it to text. And I thought, isn't this a great way to not have to yes. just type it out there? And um, it, it could not make any sense of my accent. So it was about 5% accurate. And I said, okay, whoever, reco- whoever programmed, you know, this sort of Siri um, behind this app, it just didn't have uh, didn't Northern work. accent in the in the portfolio. So anyway, I I quit pretty quickly. So yeah, oh, I only use it to capture what I'm saying, and then I still type it in. Okay. So, yeah, if someone's so, listening out there, there's there's a million to be made on you know putting a Geordie accent into these writing programs. Because yeah. I was just yeah. going to say, it's such a lovely sure. accent. Like, what is wrong with the app that it doesn't? <laughs> yeah, no, didn't, should... didn't like it at yeah. all. Didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I, I... <laughs> I, I get that. So who's publishing your next book? Um, it's coming out through Lasaris, which is um, an imprint of Serenity Press. And, mm-hmm. yeah, really excited. They, do, they are uh, in the literary space. And it's interesting because people go, oh, you write in different genres. I write poetry. I write loads and loads of nonfiction articles for, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. for media and for magazines yeah. and for mm-hmm. white papers and so on in the mm-hmm. business world, um, in the nonfiction space. And then I've got this novel coming out. And then I go, yeah, but it's always about socioeconomics and social yes. impact. Same and messages. You know, current demographics and problems yeah. in society yes, and yeah. urban, yeah. urban life and, and mm-hmm. daily challenges. Mm. Even though they're different sort of forms, um, mm. I write about the same sort of topics. Mm. You do. Awesome. Yeah. Lovely ladies, we have less than a minute to go and I yeah. want to make sure that the audience listening knows where to find Kelly Van Nielsen. Kelly, can you tell us the best place for people to find you? And also, you have an autographed poetry bestsellers book bundle. Can you tell us about both of those things in our last 60 seconds? Best place to find me as an anchor would be my website, which is www.kellyvannelson.com. I'm also on almost all of the social media platforms. So Google me on there. I've got a, um, a, and I'm on there a lot. So I will tend to reply (laughs) to you. 
Um, but the website the website's got all the links to the social platforms yes. so that's the best uh, the best place and yeah there's links to book sales and uh yeah the books are available pretty much everywhere in the global everywhere. kind of uh, uh distribution Fantastic. yeah find me come find me yeah i like the network <laughs> yes you have a fabulous website Thank you. Thanks. It is. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, lovely ladies, we are completely out of time. Kelly Van Nielsen, thank you so much for gifting us your time today to have a fantastic chat. Kez, thank you, as always, my gorgeous Welcome. co-host, for coming on the show. This is our show this week. We will be back next week with another Author and Artist Hour. Kelly, all the best. Thank you again. Please, audience, reach out, connect with Kelly Van Nielsen, buy her books, listen to her poetry, and help her change the world. Kez, thank you for sharing with us again. We will be back next week, and that's your lot for now. Bye, oh, everyone. Thank you. Thanks Bye. for listening. <laughs> Bye. I'm so grateful that you've come on the show today to tell us about this process because we must tell these stories. 